All right, and welcome back to Queerly, a podcast where I, one of your co-hosts, Jackie, and my other co-host, Liz, finally back together after um, a good a good few weeks of not being able to find a time that works for both of us and, you know, vacation and things. Um, back together, and we are going to be talking about the uh, role of the quote-unquote gay or bisexual button in video games. So essentially that whole concept is in specifically role-playing games. Um, you will see a lot of time that as a player, the character that you inhabit, you're able to choose whether or not to seek out same-sex relationships or um, uh, more heteronormative relationships. And that is completely up to the player um, nothing is canonized, basically. Um, and so, yeah, I'm gonna let Liz start us off. Yeah, we're, uh, reunited, uh, and it feels so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a fun way to open. Um, yeah, so this uh, discussion is going to be based off of the very, very good, um, just brilliant video essay by Verity Ritchie, who goes by Verily Bitchy on YouTube. Um, their uh essay titled how bisexuality changed video games and so this is like a 50 ish minute video essay so it's it's like rather quite quick i kind of put it on while i was playing video games in the background um as a podcast it's it's so so good it's basically a dive into like the beginning of of seeing gay and bisexualness as portrayed in video games so like she starts with like one of the the largest first uh examples of bisexuality in video games which is a which was a a a piece of code in the sims 2 that wasn't necessarily meant to make it to launch but in the demo that they showed at e3 uh basically uh one of the sims was able to have the same-sex relationships and that was because the coder who is working on that version of the game didn't realize that that code was going to be taken out so they they basically made a a better version of the game the game that that was closer to the game they wanted to ship based on that code so if they wanted to take that out they'd have to use an older version and that would uh, get rid of a lot of work so that was shown at e3 and people saw it as like a first same-sex kiss in, on like a big stage and that i think and, and and verity says this as well it kind of uh it popularized the sims more than i think maxis or ea really expected it to um and and they just go into so many um, different games and discusses this concept of mechanical versus canonical bisexuality. Mechanical in the sense that um, that your character and their relationships with other characters is something that you choose as playing the player and that it's something that like, like the primary example that Verity uses is um, Stardew Valley where basically your character is bisexual if you choose them to be and the sexualities of the characters that they can interact with like Leia or Elliot are based on your character's uh, uh, preferences. So if you like, for example, my current game of Stardew Valley, um, I'm playing a female character um, and I uh, romanced Leia and I married Leia and Leia is shown in the game as having a previous ex-girlfriend. And what I didn't know and what I learned from this, this, um, from this video 
was that Leia can have a girlfriend or an ex-boyfriend depending on the the gender of your character when you choose to romance her. And so that's a sense of mechanical um, bisexuality or sexuality is that it's based off of how the characters interact is based off of your choices. Whereas canonical sexuality or bisexuality is something that's more like in Dragon Age where certain characters can be bisexual, straight, or gay, and those are kind of immutable. I mean, you can choose if you, you might not know that they're romanceable or, or that they're bisexual if you didn't replay the game. Um, and Verity focuses a lot on on canonical bisexuality in the sense that like, can you see visible bi-representation through one playthrough of the game? Um, and I think that that, like, that opened up, at least to me, I don't know about you, Jackie, but that opened up sort of the question I never even thought that I had when playing a video game, which was like, oh yeah, like how am I supposed to ascertain, like, obviously most characters aren't just going to come out and say they're bisexual, so when it comes to like seeing yourself represented in games, how are you supposed to know, like, oh, this is actually a bisexual character? Um, yeah, did you have any, like, thoughts on that? Um, I mean, on that, I've, because, like, I'm the type of person who will always go for same sex if I'm able to, and, like, it's one of those things, like, I, I, I'm a huge RPG player, so I've played things like Mass Effect, which I love, um, and one of the th- things that like almost immediately I look up um is which ones are romanceable (laughs) including uh which ones are bisexual or same sex whether it be for male or female gender um and yeah it's it's one of those things where you don't you don't there's no inclination in the actual games almost ever um which to some degree I think is a good thing because like that's not how people actually talk um, when you're just, you know, adventuring. <laughs> uh, but it's also, it also means that for people who don't agree with that kind of thing, it doesn't have to exist. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, the essay brings this up a lot too, is like, these video games, and I say these video games, um, I'm, some of the, the games that she discusses in her video, I already said Stardew Valley, Mass Effect, basically any of the Bioware games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Outer Wilds is one where she has like a really good example of a canon bisexual character who is written by a bisexual person. Yeah. Um, the Elder Scrolls Skyrim and The Elder Scrolls Online. The Sim series, obviously. Uh, a ga- indie games like A Night in the Woods and Coming Out Simulator. Mm-hmm. Um, Assassin's Creed, Dragon Age, I already said Bioware, yeah. Uh, Fallout games, Borderlands, and Fable. Fable also being one of the earlier games to have, like, large mainstream games to have, like, same-sex options. Um, and, yeah, it's one of those things where you're, you're totally correct. Like, there are very few, I think, situations when you're adventuring or that when you're doing general video game stuff uh, where someone would be like, I'm bisexual. But, like, also, yeah, you do kind of miss out, I think, a lot of the times in characterization, like especially when it comes to this mechanical bisexuality that you won't know that like I didn't know Leia or Elliot I think Elliot mentions a previous partner too I didn't know that their partners change based on the way that you play so I've I've definitely the thing is because I always go with Leia or I always said Leah I don't know 
Um, but oh, is it Leah? Am I, I, I have no, I have no idea. But I've always gone with her, and I've had it where the uh, ex ex partner was a guy, even though I've always played as a girl. Oh, I okay. Okay, you know what then? Yeah. It could be perhaps that um maybe it's like randomly uh, decided. Yeah. That's actually interesting. I wonder if you like basically I think the way to scientifically check that without going through the code would would to be make a multiple saves and get to the point where that scene happens and see how often it aligns with the the gender of your player character. Give give Leah That's really all the salads and goat cheese. <laughs> Because in that case, then she's not mechanically bisexual. In that case, she's canonically bisexual. Yeah. Which she would be, therefore, like, among... So, the canonical bisexuality of other characters are hinted at in the way that it implies that they don't typically date a member of the same sex. So, if you're uh, if playing him as a male character and uh, go for Alex, for example, he has some lines about, like, he's never felt this way about a person like you before mm-hmm. um in strongly indicating that he, for a while he thought he was straight and to me that says more like bisexuality than coming out because i feel like if you're someone unless it's like super 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 deep like heteronormativity mm-hmm. um which i mean in stardew valley verity also points out how every couple in stardew valley is a heterosexual couple yeah um which, to be fair, there aren't that many, but every couple that's not part of the player's romanceable characters are heterosexual. And so that's interesting. Abigail also, I think, hints about having liked girls in the past before, too. So she might also be considered canonical. I wonder if that's something that, with more playthroughs, is easier to nail down. Also... Um, Jackie, I'm sorry if you hear my neighbor has just started to do oh, uh, yard work dude, at eight fifteen in the PM. Don't worry, my neighbors, the frat house, they're fucking they've been like partying and shit since I got home. AKA like six thirty. <laughs> like there's thumping just, music, dude. It's ridiculous. Like Girl, the sun is setting. Why are you weed whacking right now? <laughs> you had an entire Saturday. Well maybe she worked on Saturdays cool like I do. Yeah, I also work on Saturday, so yeah. I guess I can't I can't judge. Did um, you not have work today? Oh. Or? What? Did you not have work today? No, I did have work today. Oh. I worked 6 to 2.30 today oh, when I saw two, the movie. Oh, that's mm-hmm. why you were there early. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was also cheaper. Ooh. Oh, another thing that this, this essay, um, like, kind of, another question that this, this essay discusses that I never thought about is how polyamory mm-hmm. is typically not a thing in video games and it's and if you try to be polyamorous you end up more often than not being punished for it again using stardew valley as the example um if you try and date every dateable character of a, of the um of a certain sex so if you're say that you've decided that you're playing a female character and you want to date all the females if you get up to a certain relationship status with each dateable like bachelorette i guess they will there will be a special event where they basically are like uh interventioning you or something mm-hmm. where they all come together and shame you for trying to date all of them at once yeah and the sims if you if you try and date multiple sims at once um you'll get like some sort of brand as basically like a slut shame situation 
your sim will get like notoriety as like a, either a womanizer or a slut or whatever. And I never really thought about it. Maybe it's because I'm not someone who uh, who is really po- polyamorous or, or who is ever considered being polyamorous. But it's one of those things that it's like this could be easily done. And something that I would, I would, based on the way that The Sims is going, the direction in which, like, they've been, the newer version has at least been, like, a little more, I think, diverse in terms of what you can do with, with gender and sexuality in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, like, it doesn't see, it still might not be so hot with you trying to have multiple partners at the same time seems like, like, a, it's been a long time coming, you know? Yeah. I can't believe it took them that long to, like, have it where you can have, like, a female or male character wearing, like, the clothes that are labeled as as male or female, like, the opposite sex. Yeah, I I just can't wait for the day that they just figure out how to model clothing so that it doesn't change drastically shape based on whether you've chosen a male or female character. I'd like like them to return to the day when you can, you know, design your own colors. Like, Jesus Oh, yeah, Christ, patterns? Bro. What? <sighs> what the fuck? God, I miss that so much. Dude, I, I've i um, just been playing Sims 3 at this point. I, like, I uninstalled Sims 4. Um, I play Sims 4 as Architecture Simulator. Oh, that's yeah, that's it. it's good for or, architecture. It's real good for or architecture. Or as, like, Queer Couple Simulator that I think is cute. <laughs> yeah. Well, I found a... There's, like, like a loophole you can kind of do in Sims 3 for queer couples. I mean... Sims was one of the first sort of larger games to to allow queer couples, but in Sims 2, you weren't allowed to... You could have a same-sex relationship, Mm -hmm. and they could, like, do things together, but they couldn't get married officially. Oh, okay. And Sims 3, I think you can get married. Yeah, you can. I don't know if you're allowed to have a baby. You can. So you can can adopt, or there's, like, if you have um, the DLC that lets you go to the future, you can basically make... you, You can basically do like ivf or like a surrogate like it's it, i mean it's like a, a test tube baby wow but the future yeah it's the future it costs fifteen thousand dollars it's gattaca i don't know if you ever saw the movie gattaca nah, starring ethan hawk i never saw that one hey guys go watch gattaca starring ethan hawk and uma thurman it's a fun ride oh hey it's uh, the both parents of uh of maya hawk oh really yeah yeah, no, once you once you is. look at a picture, you'll you'll see it immediately. Huh. That ex- that explains uh Uma Thurman's the romantic lead. Although I think the real romantic lead is Jude Law, but I but that wasn't the direction the movie wanted to go. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. One of the things this video also um kind of made me think about or or not even made me think about, just kind of shocked me. And this is probably cuz I never got really far into this game, but Life is Strange 1, I mm-hmm. did not realize that there's a possibility of a bi Chloe or of a straight Max. Wait, I really? thought Chloe was gay. Yeah. Uh, are you saying really to that I didn't know that? Or no, are you no, really, really that to that, that that existing. I didn't think that. Yeah. Was... So like Chloe apparently has some lines like, so like you can play it so that there's an option I guess to and sorry for spoilers of this game that's been out for like ten years, but um, for Life is Strange, uh, spoilers ahead. There is an option. For you to be able to kiss Warren, who you know has a crush on you, and you are playing as Max, um, and 
not kiss Chloe in the time where you kiss Chloe. And when you do kiss Chloe, Chloe says something along the lines of like two girls kissing doesn't if it doesn't count if a boy's watching or something. And there are options in which that are able to infer for that. I think her name is Rachel, the missing girl. Yeah. Again, sorry, spoilers. Um, she has an ex-boyfriend and there's some things that will change whether or not Rachel is referred to as like Chloe's close friend or inferred as something more. And so like, it's like a pick your own path of sexuality in that game, which coming from a sense of you're not just playing like your own character, like with Stardew Valley, you're playing whoever you want to be. That could be like a version of you. Same with Sims. That could be a version of you or it, it could be a completely different character. Whereas in games like Life is Strange, you're playing a specific person. And so it's really interesting that you're able to choose their sexuality like that. Um, Disco Elysium was not a game that was mentioned in the video, but I, I want to talk about briefly because I, I thought it was an interesting sort of showing of the canonical versus mechanical sexuality of the main character. Um, because there are, in the game, if you get like far enough, it, it is revealed that your partner, Kim Kitsuragi, is a gay man. And that's not something he, he really talks about all that much, but it's just a detail about him. But as you get farther in the game, there's sort of romantic undertones to the relationship between Kim and Harry, who's the character that you play. Harry also seems to, seems to be, at first blush, very straight. You meet a female character in the game who Harry can try to hit on, and then another female in the game who Harry can try to hit on, and Harry also can have these memories about another woman, and it's not particularly clear if this woman's a real person or a, like, um, sort of metaphorical woman. And so there's another element to Harry where he, there's romantic undertones with Kim, and furthermore, he meets another character, which can give you a, a um, I think they're called, I can't quite remember what they're called, but there's a mechanic in the game where you can basically research memories because oh. you play a detective who's an amnesiac, and he doesn't know anything, including about himself. And so you meet this man who's very clearly homosexual, um, and it can it can you can research this uh, basically project called the Homosexual Underground, where Harry can start thinking like start learning about gay people basically. Um, and so it's another sort of example where like I feel like canonically. A lot of people understand Harry as bisexual, as someone who later in life is determining that he's bisexual, having met Kim and also having now a greater understanding of the fact that there are queer people around him. And in the setting, it makes more sense that, that there's like, it's not a super, like, it's a very like sort of fraught area that that he's in and that this like, that the fiction takes place in. But it's also one of those things that can I feel like can also be completely ignored. Um, if you weren't sort of paying attention to it or didn't want to go that route, which is so funny because to me, Harry and all of the other characters in Disco Elysium are so rich in character and they feel like their own sort of thing that even though you're playing as them and you're kind of like, like you're dressing Harry in a stupid hat and a stupid dress and it's fun. Like, uh, clothing gives you buffs in that game, um, as the, as it does in real life. And so, like, you're, you're playing a role-playing game, but Harry also feels like because he has his, these memories that you slowly unlock, he's his own person. And so, like, it feels like a blend between that canonical bisexuality that Verity discusses and the mechanical bisexuality. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, I just really, I really appreciate this essay because it helps, like, at least for me, I, I, I don't always think about sexuality. Yeah, kind of like you, Jackie, I always play 
as a character that's in a same-sex relationship, regardless of whether I'm playing a man or a woman or have the option, the rare option to play as a non-binary person. Um, but, like, when I play, I, I don't really think that deeply about it, like, whether or not, like, this is something that for other people they don't even get to see, like, unlockable content because I decide to, to be queer in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if you had any sort of outstanding thoughts about the essay or about, like, sexual sexuality in video games in general. I mean, it's, I feel like it's, it's tricky when it comes to RPGs just because the fact that, like, it is so, I mean, it, it's all about the player experience, meaning that the player's not going to learn everything about everyone. Um, they're not going to go around and, like, peer into every relationship possibility in a single playthrough type thing um so it's not it would, like it would be like reading all the books in skyrim you can't do it it's impossible yeah um but so it, it, it's kind of they're kind of in a bind the people who make these when it comes to that um but i feel like when you have games that are kind of maybe not even outside of the rpg genre but when you have more of like defined storyline um uh uh, that's when you're able to really use representation or like even just um make it more overt so it's 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 i don't want to say a fault but it is an issue i feel like specifically with rpgs because and i i mean i'm like (laughs) anyone who listened to the episode where i talked about the last of us knows i'm already a simp for those games but (laughs) Um, for those games, because it's not, um, it's, it's a linear narrative, there's no choice really, um, that affect the narrative, you're able to have these canonical, um, both canonical and I guess also mechanical, um, uh, queer characters and relationships. Um, so, I mean, I don't really know if there's a way to really solve that when it comes to non-linear narratives, um. And ones where you do have the choice of the relationships. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's my two cents. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting because when we talk about RPGs, that can mean, a, like, there are a lot of different kinds of RPGs. And there are the kinds like, um, what's a good example here? I mean, there are the kinds like, I want to say, Dragon Age where you create your character, your own Inquisitor, I'm using Dragon Age Inquisition because that's the game I played, or your own Hawk, or on Mass Effect, your own... Commander um, Shepard. Commander Shepard, thank you. I was going to say your own space person. Um, <laughs> I don't... I've never played Mass Effect. I it's really it's good, you should. I, I know. And the Legendary just... Edition fixes a lot of the earlier game's uh, issues. Oh, good. Some quality of life stuff. Yes. Um, but like, in a game like that, where you are playing, you're creating a character very like close to a D&D sense of a game versus role-playing games that are classed as role-playing games, but are more like, like Borderlands, for example, you're playing, it's an RPG, but you're not playing you, you're playing, you're playing Axton, you're playing uh, Lilith, you're playing Brick, you're playing Mordecai, like you're playing a character, and I don't know why I named three characters from Borderlands 1 and one character from Borderlands 2, um, but like, so when you when it when it gets revealed, for example, that Axton now this is a question this is an idea of like mechanical 
becoming canonical bisexuality where basically accident there was a bug for accident when he was saying his voice lines while being healed or um in battle he was supposed to like hit on the ladies and compliment the men instead those lines just kind of went out regardless of the gender of the other character helping him and Mm -hmm. so it made him come off as bisexual and so one of the writers of the game anthony birch known bisexual um kind of went with that and and they kind of built upon it in further dlcs and in further uh examples of his characterization just like the idea that uh the um dlc uh playable character krieg is is known to have like a crush in relationship with maya or lilith with roland like your these characters in borderlands have a life outside of the game that you play them in which is really interesting um and it also is a very it makes the fact that it's supposed to be an rpg kind of wacky as well because it's like yeah, you're playing as Lilith in the first game, but you're not Lilith. Lilith is her own thing. Like, mm-hmm. she comes back and she's her own way. Even if that's not how you characterize her in your mind, that's the way she is now. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't I, I think it's weird because, like, yeah, you have the, the, the sexuality of your RPG character when you get to make, like, a clean slate tabula rasa character, but mm-hmm. then you have someone who's, like, a guy, like, a guy who existed pre-game and presumably will exist post-game, like um, Harry Dubois or like Lilith or whatever, um, that you're just supposed to be like, okay, I get, I'm this person. And both are interesting games to play. Like, I think one of the reasons I like the single-player linear narrative game is that sometimes I, I don't, like, I don't care that I'm not playing me or I don't care if I'm playing a story where it's not relatable to me. And I think that was a big thing, too, during, like, if you were around during Gamergate, uh kind of people were yeah where one of the central issues was like are Mm. games getting too woke or like what is wokeness in gaming and wokeness in gaming was for a lot of assholes uh (laughs) was just that like the fact that you might not play a a straight white cis man in a game like they might have you playing a black man like in walking dead or a little girl or they might have you playing a trans character or a gay character and to the sort of one side of Gamergate that was too woke. You know, how am I supposed to relate? I just, I'm not interested in stories like that. Where it's like, why aren't you interested in stories like that? You also, don't, like, also, we're all like, human beings. You think, how is that you not think the everyone else can relate to you? <laughs> like, yeah, bro, what? yeah, you think I see freaking, um, absolutely, like, just an Max old, Payne. a middle aged. <laughs> yeah, you think I see right Max Payne and you go, that's, that's me, like, though. 45 year old. <laughs> You think I see Duke Nukem and I go, that's me? I'm Duke Nukem? No, but I like to watch Duke Nukem throw, you know, throw the grenades and be crazy. I know I'm not him and I don't have to relate to him. In fact, I don't relate to most video game characters because a lot of video game characters kill people. And you know what I don't do and don't want to do? Kill people. Yeah, yeah. Like, hot takes. I don't understand why everyone is supposed to be relatable to you. Like, there are every, every human being has emotions and has ideas and has thoughts that are relatable to you. And situations that are relatable to you. But the whole character doesn't have to be a carbon copy of you in order to enjoy it. Like, okay, this is like a rant about, you know. Uh, this is a rant that is like from 2014. But <laughs> it's a rant. <laughs> is is peak, peak teen uh, Tumblr Liz coming out? I, I mean, I don't know. It's just more like I saw people tear, like people like Anita Sarkeesian, which... Don't 
come for me telling me she's done one bad thing or another i don't really care about her as a person Mm -hmm. but her essentially or like zoe quinn they were just people who were saying hey men treat women and and people of color like like cis straight white men in video games who make up the majority of the people who have the voice in video games and the majority of the hypothetical audience that a lot of video game like AAA studios are marketing towards. And when I say hypothetical, I mean the fact is that people of all ages, creeds, colors, whatever, play video games. Mm-hmm. But the straight white male audience, for whatever reason, is considered to be... Uh, I mean, I know what for for why that that is, is because video games past a certain point... So, like... I feel like in the beginning of like when the Atari first came out, video games were marketed towards everybody. It wasn't just like boys play video games and girls play dolls. It was like everybody can play games with their family on their home console. Yeah, it was But technology. the home console was expensive. And then it, for whatever reason, it got to a point where video games became masculinized. And I don't know if that's because they thought that there was more money in doing it like that. Like maybe the idea was that like, uh, a 12-year-old boy is going to be on a paper route and he's going to spend his his hard-earned money on Tecmo football for the Nintendo six, uh, Nintendo Super Nintendo. The, I, I, I think... Look, I wasn't born yet, so... <laughs> I actually had a, a, a Super Nint- an SNES Super Nintendo uh, growing up because my dad, but I think, honestly, I think the reason that it became such a boys' club is the same thing with why emerging technology became a boys' club. It's the same, like... Um, same idea of oh this is new innovative smart like clever we're also going to use it for uh, we can also use it for like more nefarious purposes we're going to it's powerful it makes us powerful so we're going to keep it with where the power currently is aka mm. at the time at least men well, yeah and, and those being primarily white men I mean there I would assume that the capitalistic sense also probably plays into it that's true Back then, only your richest friends had, like, a Nintendo, you know? It was, like, something that the rich families had access to. And then I think at some point, you're totally right. Like, maybe it's just... Maybe it was the myth that girls aren't smart enough to learn the technology of how to play a video game. Or girls don't have a... You know, they they don't have time to worry about playing video games because they have to mature. That's why I wasn't allowed to have an Xbox when I was 13. Really? Because my mom thought I was too old for it. Oh, she was like, you're not going to play it. You're too old for it. I'm like, I'm 13. I'm their primary demographic. They, my mom, because she had gotten my brother, who's, my brother's older than me by about three years. Um, just for reference for people who didn't know. And so he had gotten an Xbox. He was in, like, middle school. So peak, like, COD voice chat age. Um, yeah. And so I'd always, I'd grown up playing video games with him. So I am a gamer. Um, <laughs> but for, on my end, it was much more of, like, not wanting me to end up playing hours on end like he did which unfortunately did not did they weren't able to prevent that but um yeah no that was never a thing on on my side i mean i i think it was a huge it still probably still is a huge thing because like the whole uh idea of like girls don't play video games like type of line where Uh it's just like it's not in their nature they're not like supposed to like that's not how things go like yeah because also i think yeah yeah, sorry no no no, it's right when we were growing up oh my god (laughs) (laughs) this is why we need to be in the same room this is why i'm moving to boston so i can yeah you you talk you talk you talk 
Oh, okay. But, like, when we were growing up versus, like, when video games first came out, is, like, every... Like, I remember one of the largest games when I was asking for an Xbox were things like Call of Duty, uh, things like uh, GTA, Dead Rising, you know, games that were known for their, their like, gore, their the fact that, like, shooters. They were all basically all shooters, even though there were many brilliant games that came out, like, just a couple years prior that weren't shooters, like Portal came out. I remember seeing um, ads on television for Portal, for Portal you, 2. You could technically argue... Mm-hmm. That it's that a, it's a shooter because you because the portal is because the portal device is it a comes gun. out of a gun. <laughs> yeah, you do technically shoot things, but shit the only thing you things. kill is robots. So I'm gonna put that one in the non-shooter Are you robots pile. Can't have feelings. I mean, they definitely do. Like the that's the whole that's point sure. of the Oracle GLaDOS. turret and all that. Yeah, yeah um, that's a good game. Yeah, but like this idea that I don't know how we got away from sexuality so so fast, but we did. Me neither. Uh, Oh, yeah, because we were talking about catering to... There's now, like, even if we're not catering to, um, like, just men, I feel like we're still catering in a lot of places to heteronormativity. And, like, as Verity, like, does a great job pointing out how optional homosexuality can be in large games. Like, um, oh, one example, one really good example that she discusses is um assassin's creed odyssey Mm, yep you can play either as the female or male ancestor yep so Um, it's a uh it's alexios and cassandra are the two options oh they 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 made cassandra uh canon she's the first canon female like assassin i mean it was the first time you had an option even it's so interesting how they she also has this side tangent about how Assassin's Creed is about, like, um, generational trauma and generational knowledge Mm -hmm. and, like, ancestral knowledge. And they do a very interesting thing with how, like, how you kind of, like, you can... I I do not have the the words right now to explain it, but watch the video and you'll totally understand. Uh, But she points out... uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey specifically because you can play Cassandra or Alexios as gay. You can play them totally as gay in the main game. But in the DLC, even if you play mm, uh, regardless of who you chose to play, those characters will have had will have settled down and had children and get married to a different sex partner. So even though you could have played the entire game not ever choosing any choice that even hinted at heterosexuality in either character you played, the DLC then kind of forces your character to be heterosexual. And now I'm sure someone's going to like put their glasses up their nose and be like, um, well back in ancient Greece, even though people were allowed to have same sex, uh, uh, relationships, they were, uh, uh, they also had to carry on the bloodline and have, you know, they got marriages and babies and and stuff. Probably something that sounded smarter than that, but like, (laughs) Yes, but you're also playing a video game and some escapism. You're a demigod nice. too. So yeah. it's like you, there's literally and I fought it, there's literally a minotaur like in the game. It's just lazy writing, honestly. Like Bruh, like, you can see through the eyes of a bird. Yeah. Like let's not Dude, you can there's you can there's a skin for your horse that's a, a black and purple pegasus. 
Okay, that's pretty lit though. It really is, oh, and you don't take it doesn't like you don't take fall damage on it. It's great. I, the most recent Assassin's Creed game I played, because it came with my computer. Oh, uh, did you get, did you get Black uh, Flag or something? No. Oh, okay. So I own Black Flag, okay. but it's p- the worst optimized for com- PC. <laughs> I haven't oh, tried no. it on this PC. I tried it on my older PC. I might try to launch it here, but I'm running Windows 11, so I'm not sure about the compatibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, but damn, that thing did not want to run for sure. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, you know how hard it is to steer a, steer a boat when half the textures won't load? Oh, God. Pretty hard. Anyway. Uh, I digress. No, the f- the latest uh, Assassin's Creed-, Creed game I've played and owned is Valhalla. Oh, um, God. I've played it. It's horrible. <laughs> it's not interesting. It's so much. boring. Like, who- like, I want to. I can't wait to till I get to England, but God damn. No, dude. England. Do- no. No. England, England gets worse? It gets so much more boring. England is worse. England is like, I'd rather be back in Norway. <laughs> Ugh. That's like, dude, it's because I thought oh I was just like, God. once I get to England, they're going to take the training wheels off. I'm going to like have a fun time. No, nope. not the case. Dude, there's a there's a part where you go you go to Valhalla and mm-hmm. it's still the most boring shit I've ever done. And <laughs> you show up in Viking heaven and you're just horribly like, like laid fun. out. Dude, I loved God of War. And then this comes out. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> what the fuck? See, the only thing I like about is that I play Ivor, who is also the cano- canonical uh, descendant. The female Ivor, rather. Sorry, I forgot they're both or called no, Ivor. No, wait, I thought the male Ivor was the canonical. No, no, fem- female Ivor. Wait, it might be that male Ivor is canonical, but female Ivor, when I read a review, was like had a better story. Whatever. Uh, uh, wait, let me look up. I'm going to look it up while uh, you talk. Okay. I like I like the fact that I can make my female Ivor uh have dramatic black uh eye eyeshadow and have a shaved head because I think it looks really hot. Um I forgot I was going. Oh <laughs> I feel like this is just gonna devolve into me talking about Assassin's Creed for the next like hour and a half because I oh, do wanna talk oh, about how much how simpler times it was when you could just play Assassin's Creed and just go, Look, it's George Washington. Oh, look, wait, it's both, Blackbeard. Both are technically canon because the spirit slash essence Ugh. slash mind of Javi, who is one of the fucking, one of the Valhalla spirits who now embodies Ivor, uh, has been both male and female at different points in time. Sorry, I just fell asleep. What were you saying? <laughs> basically. It's, guys, it's a boring it's, game. I'm so glad I did not pay any money for post, it. Posting, or fence posting, or fence sitting. Both are technically canon because spirits and shit. Whatever. It's dumb. It's dumb. Just play. Just play. <sighs> just play Origins. Play the original trilogy. Play Odyssey. Play anything that's not. Play it. three. Three play is a banger. Cyberpunk. Play Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven before you play that game. Really, dude. I because I, I own both, and Cyberpunk. At least Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is like entertaining. And like, it's got Johnny Silverhand. Oh God, Keanu like. I, I respect him. I just don't think he's that good of an actor. I'm sorry. Like he's... I, you know what? I think I 100% agree. I think I like seeing Keanu Reeves and stuff because I like seeing Keanu Reeves. Yeah, because he's, he's a good such actor. a nice. He's like a super nice guy. He's like got a good like action look to him. He's, he's got handsome, charisma, yeah. But he's not a good actor. <laughs> but he was I still so love him. <laughs> he's a golden retriever of a man. Yeah, he's he just he seems like a real he's like a really good guy yeah. for Hollywood, but damn, if only his talent was something else. 
Well, if only his 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 work was something else. Because yeah. I wouldn't go so far to say that he's an acting talent. Yeah, if he were like a writer or something, that'd be great. Oh yeah, just like a just a nice dude you invite to parties. That could be his next job. Yeah, or like the host of like an award show or something. Actually, if he was like a sorry, <laughs> if he was like a. <laughs> A host of some kind, like of a late night show, or like, what are those game shows that they do on like NBC at late night where they have celebrities host inexplicably, uh, like don't... the thing that uh, what's her face does? Ellen? No, not Ellen. Um, she's like tall Ellen. She's like if you stressed, stretched Kelly Ellen Clarkson? out. No. No, Jane Lynch. Oh uh, wait, what? I've never. I don't like watch late night really she does like she does like a late night game show and she has like celebrities on one side and normal people on the other i don't know i've never seen the show really but i do know that like more and more they've been having celebrities host late night sort of game show type stuff so like that sounds like a keanu reeves moment yeah that could be actually a good fit for him yeah keanu we'll be your agents (laughs) yeah fire whoever you got right now i have no Fucking, we'll keep you in John Wayne. I have no knowledge about the business side of cinema, so, uh, yeah, hit me up. <laughs> I, an article just, while you're talking about business sides of things, an article just came out in Variety magazine about how how little showrunners of, of streaming platforms know about, are told about their shows as they're on. So, like, oh, yeah. it interviewed, I think, like, eight or nine showrunners of, of uh, Shows that either are currently streaming or had been streaming on streaming networks. Um, and they're just like, they don't know how they're doing. They don't know, like, how popular it is. Like, they don't get an actual sense of the statistics or the numbers of how their show is doing. Yeah. And so it's like, so they don't know how, how their show is doing. They don't know when their show is getting renewed, if it's getting renewed at all. Like, what do they know? Like, there's they, no All they way know is about their show's, like plot stories character yeah no they get no metrics um they get like dude there's so much in the entertainment business where you get shafted just constantly mm-hmm. like i mean because I, I i had at one point want to go into it like as one of my like options for a career um, yeah but and then of course like i kind of know um secondhand from my brother who works he's working in um, advertisement placement at this point, but he's working mm. up to hopefully getting closer to like producing type role um, at this point. Yeah, but yeah, no showrun writers in general, <laughs> very very. Uh, you would you would think they'd be treated better than like the tech people, but no, they're they're in the pits with them. I mean, they're all like I think everyone who actually actively works on a show, as in like to make the show happen except maybe the talent depending on the show gets absolutely shafted and the thing is like we we see showrunners names we see writers names directors producers we see all of their names when we watch a show's credits but we don't see the shareholders names we don't see the executives names we don't know who's calling the actual shots so when people get all mad that uh the, the ending of this series was rushed it's because it's because John Smith didn't know his show was going to be ending because yeah. nobody told him and he didn't the, know who was watching it because he didn't get show, any indication. The one show, though, that doesn't have that excuse is Game of Thrones because literally they were like, hey, we can totally do till like season 10. 
they were they were saying that to the to db weiss and that was like part of their like pitch right yeah that well that was well no the hbo hbo was like hey guys like we'll give you more seasons like we'll we'll totally fund it like just please like but they wanted to end it early because they wanted to work on star wars and so they they decided we're gonna have it be fewer hours than uh than a normal season we're gonna cut it off short and then we're also just gonna, you know, give green light to the worst ideas, <laughs> horrible writing, just goddamn awful. Like, okay, oh god, there's so much I could go on about. <laughs> about like, you've the, heard of a lame duck thrones. presidency. You've oh, heard of a lame duck presidency. This is like a lame duck showrunnership. A lame duck <laughs> TV. Like, DB stands for they were duck. Like, we've got one more season to go. Just really like. Just like, throw in the towel. Because it wasn't... They could have handed it off. That's the thing. They didn't have to end it like that. They literally could have handed it off. I mean, Walking Dead went through, what, like, four showrunners? Like... Yeah, and I had... I stopped watching it midway season three, so... For, uh, Game of Thrones or Walking Dead? Walking Dead. I've never seen Game of Thrones. I've I watched seen, the first, like, two episodes of, of Game of Thrones. I've it seen, didn't, it didn't like, a me. handful of episodes from Walking Dead, but not, not like... I hadn't watched it continuously, because at the time, I don't know why, I wasn't allowed to watch it, first of all, when it first was huge. I, um, to be honest, when it was when it first was huge, you were probably, yeah, like, but, honestly. But the thing is, you you don't, you, like, take it in context of my family. Like, I had been watching, because I had a sibling who was six years older than me. I, at the age mm-hmm. of, like, in, in elementary school, had watched The Hangover with my family. I watched Family Guy with my siblings and my friends all the time. Oh, I watched... I watch crime shows every night with my family in elementary yeah. school. Like, that kind yeah, of thing. Were, Yet they wouldn't, about... they wouldn't Sorry. let me watch the first season of Game of Thrones when it came out. And then they wouldn't let me watch Walking Dead when it was first being, like, huge. And then I tried watching it and I got bored. So that, that didn't help. But To me, I didn't, to be fair, I didn't like watching. I, there's not a show on AMC that I've seen that I've actually wanted to watch for more than, like, an episode. AM, well, um, did, wait, didn't AMC have Breaking Bad, though? Uh, yes, and so I think my issue with Breaking Bad is I might enjoy it if I didn't already have to have had lived through the hype of it uh, for so long. Like, people were, like, so into Breaking Bad, so into Walter White, Los Poderos Hermanos, like, all of those things were all over everywhere. And I only say Los Poderos Hermanos because there was a kid in high, at my high school who wore that shirt, like, constantly. Uh, um, and I was like, a chicken restaurant I've never heard of, what? Uh, <laughs> yes, I understand uh, fandom oh. t-shirts now. Um, but it's just, like, oh, it's something I'm not interested in because it was so hyped and I'm afraid it won't meet my expectations. Other shows, like The Walking Dead, which went downhill, like, I didn't watch that much of it. I think I watched, actually, I saw, I stopped watching season three, but I didn't watch all of season one anyway. Oh, so, one, like, I didn't really okay, care. Okay, wait, wait, wait. One good AMC show. I, I didn't know this was on AMC. It's called The Killing. Um, it was from 2011 to 2013. It's based on a Danish it television show. It's it's a pretty good show. Um, Does that have it, Kevin Bacon in it? No, it doesn't have Kevin Bacon. It has um, uh, Peter Sarsgaard, isn't it? Randomly? Maybe that's I who know. I thought he was. Maybe I thought But he was. there's Joel Kinnaman, whose face I always recognize, but never remember his name. <laughs> Uh, if you look him up, you'll probably recognize him. Sorry, um, Noel Kinnaman? Is that what you're Joel Kinnaman. Joel. Oh. Yeah, Joel Kinnaman. 
Um, oh, I misspelled I'm looking his name. at AMC's other shows. I like don't recognize any others besides all the Walking Dead uh, spinoffs and shit. Um, miniseries, animated. I'm gonna keep it real with you, Chief. Uh, I would never. This man is the most bland man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I he is a white man. Damn. I damn, can't. Damn. I I really don't have anything to say or do about this man because he is just unremarkable this is why i remember them because they acquired some shit including csi miami (laughs) and i watched all the csi shows i watched ncis i watched bones i watched rizolian isles at one point i watched castle it sucks don't watch it (laughs) i watched so many crime shows didn't they have preacher on on amc or was that something else no that's something else Uh, who had preacher Preacher was supposed to be good. Preacher was based off of Orphan Black. Wait, I think that's AMC. Somebody, I watched something that somebody was talking about Orphan it's Black recently. What? Got Ruth Nega in it. Orphan Black. Uh, like, what are they actually doing? That's my question. AMC. Oh, they own BBC America. Did you know? Oh, that? wait, what? I don't... Wait, is AMC a British company? No, they just own BBC America. So, like. Oh, I think they weird. acquired it recent, like so- somewhat recently. Some merger, or something? um, yeah, or like they manage it because BBC America's programming is just so so different anyway. Yeah, I noticed how how loud when I was listening to, uh, like re-listening to my audio from the last episode that mm-hmm. I did solo, I realized how loud my mouse is, and I don't know how to stop that being loud. So, oh, I just I just kind of like pull my my mic away from my mouse and then it's my mic's too good my mic's too good <laughs> um but wait weird question did you yeah. grow did you have like bowtie cinemas near you did you have that movie theater chain or a different one bowtie yeah we had one called bowtie nah. cinemas no we had um well so the one i went to today amc mm-hmm. amc 12 lisbon woo uh uh, that we had, we most of them had been AMC's. We did have like a, I think it's like called a Cineplex or something like that. Oh, okay, I've heard of those. I don't I don't know who they're owned by though. I think that's the one in Cine. Oh, Cinemark. I think it's Cinemark. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's one that's close to us too. I think. Cinemark. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I guess. Wait, why are they in Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> they're in Con- half of connecticut in virginia apparently what the same fuck? place same place hold on hold on about wait okay bowtie bowtie cinemas locations okay they're also in new jersey it looks like and parts of new york okay okay they're not in virginia okay i see i see they like here wait i'm gonna send you a screenshot they like span up my side of connecticut uh new york and then like up into albany a bit Ah. But yeah, no, I didn't the have upper, any upper half of the Appalachians. <laughs> I didn't have any AMCs or like those huge like movie theater chains near me growing up. Oh. I just had Bowtie Cinemas, period. And then like No, that was also Bowtie Cinemas, yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever is in Mansfield. I think it's called the Mansfield Movieplex, but I don't know what it's owned by. Bowtie Mansfield. Cinemas. Movie going the way it used to be, only better. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a movie plex. Mo- mo- movie plex. Apparently, oh, it's 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 this one's owned by Zurich Cinemas. 
Zurich. Zurich. I'm not sure oh. if it's a person's last ah. name or a place. Interesting. Uh, how do we get here? Oh, <laughs> we were talking about movies. We were talking about. We were talking about. Bunch we of were talking about Indians. Keanu Reeves at one point. Oh yeah, we. What happened? See, Where are we? <laughs> I do love that individually we're both very focused. We have like our we have like very clear sort of like what we want to say. Mm-hmm. We say it. We are, we're very. I think we sound very intelligent too. Together, oh, one yeah. brain cell. Yeah, no. one I brain mean, like, cell between. I have literally a notebook for um because I'm gonna eventually. For anyone listening in to this point where we're just losing our sh- minds at fucking 9 p.m., <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to be doing a uh, solo episode on Stranger Things Volume 2 just because I can't stop thinking about it and I have a lot to say. And I have like a somewhat organized like notebook with some timestamps and stuff. Meanwhile, this is just a train wreck. Just straight up. Oh, yeah. Just crashing. This is, yeah. This is this is nothing. I also have notes. I have only for this episode because I just had so many thoughts that I. I have, it I was. I mean, it was think. very organized when I. I'm assuming we were going off of kind of your notes and like the flow of that. But once once yeah. we. Uh, once I ran out of material, ooh, we really yeah. dropped out. Once we baby. strayed, we strayed from the path, from the light of God. <laughs> yeah. So now we're talking about movies. I mean, so. Not to get too meta here, but I feel like my vision also for this podcast was like a film and media, just a media discussion. Yeah. Because I that's mean, both yeah. where our minds are at, especially when it comes to representation. So like, it doesn't all, I feel like, look, we're here, we're queer, and this is a podcast. What more could you want? Yeah. I mean, like, we're, I mean, it's like what we said, it's our, it's our time to like hang out, sometimes do gay shit, sometimes just talk mm. about media. It's just yeah. like our our scheduled time to chill. Can I tell you a little bit about Thor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, cuz I'm probably not going to watch it until it comes to streaming. Cuz I think I'm, that's oh, valid. Wait, oh, 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 oh. Um um wait, Liz, do you watch Bob's Burgers? Yes, I just haven't seen the movie. Dude, dude, dude. dude. So I saw the movie in theaters, really good, but it's coming to streaming in like 3 days. Ooh. It's going to be on what Hulu. Platform? Oh shit! I got that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's super good. It didn't do well at the box office because you know Top Gun Maverick was also that same weekend, and yeah, then also it wasn't advertised at all. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, they like just didn't advertise. I remember learning about it. I remember learning about the concept of it like probably like months and months ago. And then I realized it was in theaters the week it was going out of theaters. And so I saw it the day before it left. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I didn't realize that it was out. And, um, oh, what I was going to say was that Top Gun Maverick is like total fucking U.S. military propaganda. Don't oh, see for sure. it. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Um, uh, Oh, yeah. Thor. Thor. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> not be spoilery because right now the in- internet is covered in spoilers for a movie that's literally only been out since you know, it's literally only been out for like two and a half days. So I'm not I'm not gonna spoil it. I am just gonna give like first opinions of it, which is mm-hmm. to say, 
Um, so if you like Ragnarok, you're going to like this one. I think that that's pretty clear. Okay. Um, all, all the classics are back. Valkyrie, uh, Kor, Miko makes his little appearance. Korg, mm-hmm. rather. I can say things right. Um, yeah. Obviously, Jane Foster's in it. If you didn't know that, you didn't see a trailer or understand the plot of the of the movie. Um, but it's 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 really good. I think it it demonstrates. Okay, I'm going to say this right now. I wish that whatever contract Taika Waititi has with Disney, he did not have it. Okay, because I think his his brain and the way that he like the emotional sort of points that he likes to bring out through his movies are brilliant and i think part of what makes what makes his entries into the thor canon good um is how they works as a standalone film and i can just almost guarantee it that the next guy in marvel in the marvel uh what do you call it like the marvel cinematic universe the next guy to come in and take Thor's character, they're going to do try and rewrite whatever was done in these films. It happened in Ragnarok, where and this is spoilers for Ragnarok because that movie came out in 2018. What are you doing? Go see that if you haven't. Um, but like, basically, the end of Thor Ragnarok, Asgard is destroyed, and Thor is like, we're gonna rebuild a new Asgard, and so they're but another whole kind of point is that they're now refugees they're refugees in space and so at the time and continuing you know it was also i think partial commentary on the big refugee crisis that we were going through uh due to the conflicts in syria and the middle east but we obviously it's we still have a refugee crisis because people are still being denied refuge but i digress that was kind of the big point and Taika Waititi's really good at ending his movies on a hopeful note and so there was this like bittersweetness, a hopeful note at the end where we were, where it basically the acknowledgement that like, yes, all of the, as Thor has lost his home planet, but he hasn't lost his home because all of the people of Asgard are with him and they may be refugees and they may not have a place of refuge at this moment. They have each other and they can reestablish and reform Asgard. That was like the way the movie ended. The next movie to, to utilize Thor is Avengers Infinity War. What does Infinity War do in its cold opening? In its first five minutes, it shows you that all of the people or most of the people on that ship are killed. It literally takes the hope, the seed that Taika Waititi was sowing for his Thor's character and for and the message that he planted at the end of that movie and just shat all over it. And so the reason why I don't want Taika Waititi in Disney anymore and why I don't think he, I don't think his, I think, I think his ability to create standalone films or the potential for him to create films that have actual sort of meaningful endings and character growth through it is just that, like, the next person to get handed that IP is gonna fuck with it, I think. And, like, I'm sure... There's a possibility that some someone else takes up the Thor mantle of like Thor director and makes a good movie and does a good Thor and it's great and it's fine, but more often than like what I'm mostly expecting is to, is for it to go the exact same way where because Taika Waititi's films are comedies, they're romances, they're they're a lot of things, but they're not always the traditional Marvel movie. 
um, that someone's going to shit all over it. So, like, I'm speaking so passionately about it, about this because centrally, I liked the message of the movie. It's very, very, it's a very strong emotional message, I think, even though I think a, a solid criticism is the tonal whiplash. Sorry, I just muted my mic by accident. <laughs> oh, oh I, I still heard you. Oh, well, maybe yeah. that button doesn't work. Um, but the uh, the tonal whiplash is is a major criticism I've read about. And for me, as a person who loves comedies and understands that comedies can also be help, heartfelt um, methods of portraying emotion and having impact and that just because it's not a drama with like it's not a dark gritty drama doesn't mean that there isn't meaningfulness or thoughtfulness behind it i didn't mind it some people might see like maybe there's too many jokes per minute like personally i felt like taika waititi's character himself was getting a little like he was like sometimes a little too cheeky for my tastes Mm -hmm. just like you know shut up for like a second dude Otherwise, I think if you liked Ragnarok, you're going to like this this film. I, I almost wish I could spoil it, but the the title Love and Thunder, this is what I'll say. The title Love and Thunder is very accurate. <laughs> you have not one, not two, but three different characters that can wield thunder in the movie. So that's like, and lightning. It's mostly lightning. Lightning is cooler looking than thunder. Thunder doesn't look like much. Um, but love is kind of the critical piece of the movie and it's what the movie is about in every like sense of love and so like going in going into that being like love and thunder where did they get that like first of all it does sound like an 80s like sounds like an 80s tour like a tour of an 80s hairband or something right or like an (laughs) album cover it does it really does which makes sense there's a fair amount of like 80s uh rock uh songs in in the sh- in the movie which also if you if you appreciate the 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 tastes of Taika Waititi musically um which he tends to like to end like um he tends to like using a lot of more modern music sort of in between some of his shows um i say that as if he's the one like like for example if you've ever seen reservation dogs i'm not saying that he's the one who chooses this these this music but the uh the ending sort of music in reservation dogs at the, for each episode is like super good and really fits the mood another digression but like the music's very good um it's also good to see like it's just good to see jane foster again i think i kind of forgot about her after throw the dark world because she just to me wasn't super interesting and you were kind of just like yeah thor has a love interest but like this movie i think goes like kind of has to re-explain hey remember this is why they're love interests like they actually do love each other which is unfortunate that it had to do that and maybe cheapens it a little but it's also like i don't think any of those scenes were cut from the actual initial movie Hmm. which is really funny um but yeah it was was a good movie um yeah i oh this is relevant to the podcast um so in a interview, either the night of the premiere or or maybe the international release, someone asks uh, Taika Waititi and Natalie Portman, and I think Tessa Thompson's there too, uh, how gay the movie is, and Natalie Portman says, uh, so gay, like, it's so gay. It's, 
It's not so gay. It's there are gay characters in it. I'm gonna say that much. There are gay characters in it. Um but and and you can maybe talk about it in the academic academic sense of like queering relationships, but it's not so gay. But there are gay characters. So like do with that what you will, if that's something that makes you want to see the movie more, if it's something that you don't really care about. Um and I think they were handled, you know, pretty reasonably well. Uh overall, fun time. Worth I saw a matinee, so worth a matinee ticket at least. Nice. That's it. That's my rant. <laughs> nice. I mean it was it was good. I would I'd say it's it was pretty focused in fact. <laughs> I I try. I, I had a lot of thoughts. Um I, I went to see it with my dad, which, if you see the movie, that's pretty on the nose uh, in terms of, like, the person you should go see it with. But, like, ooh, sorry. I just touched a rock on my desk. Um, well, how dare you? Yeah, I, I took some rocks back from Germany, and I stacked it up in, like, a little sort of uh, cairn. Cairn? Cairn? Did cairn. I did I ever tell you about me bringing a rock from Man- Montana? It was like a huge chunk of quartz that I'd found in like the middle of the desert. <laughs> How big was it? it? Was, Wait, when you say huge, like rough like, weight? It was, it was like f- at least five pounds. <laughs> wow. No, these are little stones I slipped in my pocket. The river stones from the Magic I managed, Forest. I managed to put it in my suitcase. First, I managed to carry it through our like two hour walk in the desert. And then... Wait, was that my... Yeah, that was... Because I, I wrote on Sharpie on it. And then it ended up in the garden Jack at my rock, old house near touch. near the near the garden hose. But, yeah, no, it was written on Sharpie where it was from. It was, like... this. It was, like... Because I'm looking at my computer. It was, like, 13 inches. Hmm. Um, by maybe, it's a like big ass rock, four dude. inches. Yeah, dude, I carried it <laughs> the whole way. And then I managed to convince my parents to let me put it in my suitcase... To fly home, it Bro, somehow that, got through, that and I kept it. To your, to your pack, to your I mean, we we mostly we like whenever we traveled, we basically tried to always do only carry on. Oh really? Okay. At least when they when they Sorry. allowed like the the like normal size bag. Now they're being more stingy, but mm. um, yeah, I know. But yeah, no, I managed to get through security. Um, and I kept it for, like, seven years at that house. And then when we left, it was left in the garden. Oh. Yeah. Miss you, Montana Rock. I do, I do. It was huge. <laughs> I'd step on it so my foot wouldn't get wet when I used the hose. Nice. Yep. Damn. Good, good memories. Big fucking rock. <laughs> yep. No, it was gigantic. I don't know how the fuck I got through TSA. I mean, you weren't flying international, so it's not like there. There is a relatively limited risk of you bringing something back or using it. I guess as a weapon, maybe I don't know. Well, I mean, even then, because it was it was like a major airport, and also it's just a huge, dense like. It's a big fuck thing. off rock, I guess. They didn't even like stop me in in security. Like that's a big ass. They said this like, kid looks like a geologist. I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, apparently I was a, uh, like, a a 10-year-old, uh, geologist. Junior geologist? Yes. You have to graduate. I had the badge, I had the badge sticker and everything. Oh my (laughs) god. My friend has a wooden, uh, junior Death Valley Ranger, uh, pin, because they went to Death Valley for, for, as part of a class, uh, 
their their senior like their last semester wait is it um, is the pin wooden it yeah the pin is like car like it's it's like like laser cut almost wooden pin it's cool i want one i'm jealous that's actually super fucking cool yeah and then my friend my other friend izzy has name dropping i guess <laughs> my other friend izzy i have a friend called izzy uh and they have one that's junior it's either for the lbj ranch which is um actually it's either the lbj ranch or uh the the what is that big fuck off telescope in like austin there's a big james webb telescope the james webb uh like planetarium junior junior planetarium or something anyway i'm jealous of them i want a junior woodchuck ranger badge or whatever yes i never got to go in the scouts you know i i in elementary school i was part of brownies which for those who don't know is like pre-girl scouts and i did it for like i want to say two months in second grade or first i was signed up i enjoy cooking i've always Mm. enjoyed cooking so that was the main draw um, I remember I had the little apron. They give you an apron, which you get uh, these, like, five uh, colored uh, petals instead of badges. It's fucking stupid as hell. Um, but it is a very cute outfit for a child. Um, I did those eight sessions. I hated it so much. My friend also hated brownies. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, my mom, like, immediately, as soon as I was like, dude, I don't like this, she's like, okay, that's fine. That reminds me um, of when I was in, we went to Catholic day camp. My oh, mom God. sent us for, like, a week. We, no, I don't even think, she paid for, like, the whole week, and we, we were so, like, we hated it. We only made it through, I think, Thursday or something. <laughs> and I think she, she, she wanted us to go for two weeks, but she canceled it. <laughs> because we hated it so much. It was just like it was just like awful kids we didn't know. We didn't know any of the like hymns or anything. So when there was mass, we didn't know what to do. Like it was just I don't know. I don't know why we hated it so much, but we it was we hated it. We wanted to go to the 4H camp which had horseback riding and archery. And instead my, ours had arts and crafts, which every camp has. My uh, camp had arts and crafts. And horseback riding and archery, but also optional Sunday mass and uh, religious songs, which I didn't understand the religious side. But one of the songs was literally, it was a religious song, but it was just used to annoy people during meals. um, Because at our meals, so we would have it where uh, there's like, I think probably like 20 cabins, girls ranging from ages like 7 to 15. And during mealtimes, you would sing and you would start a song. Usually you'd coordinate with like your whole cabin, maybe another cabin next to you. Um, You're all in this big mess hall. And there's a whole handful of songs. There are ones that relate to the camp. There are ones that are just normal songs. Um, And so the thing is, when someone starts a song, you can't interrupt the song with another. You have to wait until it finishes to then try and be the first one to start a new song after. Eventually it got so bad that like two years before I left, they had to ban people singing songs until people, what they called slingers, would start cleaning up the plates because everyone was done eating because people weren't eating enough. 
um, oh, because shit. everyone was singing. Singing songs. Exactly. Um, but one of the songs was this uh, was this religious song that it had, I think, like five verses. And it just kept going and going. And it was just used to, like, annoy each other by starting it. Um, and it was just about, like, Noah's Ark. Uh, oh, my God. But, yeah, it... <laughs> I'll always remember that song because of it, but yeah, no, we said uh, we sang grace uh, at every meal, like morning and and night. It was like very short, but uh, at lunch it was always um, this song about like Johnny Appleseed, um, and then it ends with like the Lord is good to me, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Uh, American American Christianity is the weirdest form. Like, why is Johnny Appleseed a religious figure? Yeah, I don't... It is it is very strange, but it's weird thinking back to when I didn't really know what it was about. It was just a song that was fun mm. to sing. Um, I, I don't then, remember anything from camp. <laughs> oh, I... Well, I mean, I also went to camp for, like, eight years um, to the oh, same camp. Oh, that'll do. We yeah, and I went for, like, the first two or three years, I went for two weeks each summer, and then I went for a month each summer. Um, so I'd, I'd gone there for a long time. I have very fond memories. That's like, cause I, I'm one of those people who I, looking back on like my teen years, I didn't exactly have all the like typical experiences that I kind of wish I did, Mm -hmm. but growing up in terms of like middle school, elementary school, all that, I definitely have those. Um, especially the most Americana one, which is summer camp. Well, yeah, like when I... I was a camp counselor, a day camp counselor for a summer. It was uh, maybe the worst job I've ever had. I've not had that many, though, so <laughs> it's not hard to rank. But and it, here's the thing. Because I had never gone to summer camp, I didn't know how to do any of – I didn't know any of the songs. I didn't know how to do friendship bracelets. I didn't know how to play any of the card <gasps> games. I didn't know oh. anything. So I had 10-year-olds <laughs> being like, can you make? Can you start a friendship bracelet for me? And I said, I do not know how to do that. Another girl was like, uh, can you braid my hair? Bruh, my hair is you, like three inches long. You didn't long. know how to braid hair? I can't braid hair. Like you didn't even learn it on like your sister's? No. Why are there fireworks going off? Fork the, not the July, baby. They're setting off fireworks down my street. Apparently, okay, wait. I don't know if I'll include this just because this is like, (laughs) this is kind of a big thing. But my neighbors, my upstairs neighbors who have been here before, like the, they talked about the neighbors on the corner here. And apparently like previous years, they have like shot fireworks at and thrown glass bottles at like cars and people like on the 4th of July who, oh, were, so they're who were like passing by. Yeah, and so they warned us about that for when we were coming home, but they had two of them had been in a car that had like the bottles thrown at them uh yeah. last 4th. So um that's that's the kind of people we're uh, we're dealing with. People truly are at their yeah. most American on the 4th of July. Oh yeah. Well, I mean Which they're is to also say giant just... dicks. They're also just a bunch of frats, so, you that's know, true. that's, yeah. Yeah. That's I, always great. I wouldn't know anything about that. Nobody's scum when they join a frat that has random-ass planks of wood in the back so they can play beer pong. Oh. 
It's literally like milk crates and a plank of wood they found on the street. <laughs> hey, who needs a ping pong table when you've got a plank of wood? They they also like throw there's so much like glass in the streets every time like I end up biking and then random like red solo cups in our front yard. It, you have <sighs> to you have to like purposely make your way to our front yard to put them there. Like that's <laughs> like <laughs> they're far enough that you have to like stroll on over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That sucks. That sucks. I really hope I'm not um, blowing out my mic because apparently I've gotten a lot. Like I don't know if the positioning or something, but it keeps it keeps showing me hitting that like the red. Essentially. Yeah. Every time I speak, it it seems like I hit the red. So if that wasn't a problem last time, I think it could just yeah. be due to the sensitivity of the mic. Yeah, it really wasn't. I don't, because, like, nothing has changed in terms of settings, so I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. Because, uh, oh, it tells you the disk space remaining for recording. I have 40 hours left. I've got 122 hours and 42 minutes. <laughs> oh, I'm down to 39 hours, 59 minutes. Oh, fuck. <gasps> oh, Jesus. Uh, I like how. Uh, sh- <laughs> should we should we find an ending point? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um... <laughs> So, let's say maybe uh, 40% of this podcast was about, um, uh, was based off of, a discussion based off of um, the video essay, and I'm just going to repeat it because, seriously, if you're someone who likes video games, if you're someone who's interested in thinking about sexuality as portrayed in video games, um, you need to listen to this video essay. It's how bisexuality changed video games, and then if you see the thumbnail, it'll have a big picture uh, and it says the gay button on it. Um, it's by Verity Ritchie, who um, just, she's she's very funny, very smart person. Um, her YouTube is Verily Bitchy, no spaces, no capitalized. Um, bitchy spelled B-I-T-C-H-I-E, like their last name. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good. I suggest everybody listen to it. Um... Do you, do you have anything you want to plug or anything you want to you want to say, Jackie? Um, let's see. I'll I'll plug Bob's Burgers movies coming to Hulu on uh July 12th cuz we're now in the month of July. Um just cuz I really like it. You should watch it. It has good music. Um I will be I will be recording and releasing the the Stranger Things uh, Volume Two episode probably within this uh, week, possibly weekend, but probably not just because uh, I've got stuff to do. Um, and then of course, just plugging our sites and a lot. So we have our website uh, www.queerlyapodcast.com. There you can find all the episodes, you can find kind of future episode lists as well as media recommendations we have. Um, it's kind of a work in progress, especially the bio section, but you can uh, contact that us feel, with... That felt pointed. What? No. I just haven't read not... Have I? Well, mine's also like very... <laughs> I don't like mine, basically. I want to like completely change it. Um... But we also have a uh, contact form where you can ask questions, suggest topics, uh, just give opinions, tell us, uh, tell us where we're going wrong. Um, Talk to us, please. And then we, <laughs> we also are available on 
um, to be streamed from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Amazon Music, uh, Deez- Deezer? Deezer. I thought you were about to uh, say that's... Deez Nuts. I was like, you... <laughs> no, I was... I was... Because I have I know I have a Weezer CD in my room, so I was like, I'm I'm saying the right thing, I think. Ah, an um, island in the yeah. sun. Yeah, exactly. Um, so on those websites, as well as our RSS feed, which is just, I believe, um, rss.com slash queerly. Uh, if I am wrong, then shit. Um, and then you can also find us on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter handle is... Uh, queer at queerly underscore podcast um, and so you can find us there and uh, tweet at us and all that um, and we will hopefully this time we, we, we for sure besides my little rant, my stranger things a bit we will definitely be uh, together again for episodes mm. um, so that's gonna be a nice uh, nice Maybe maybe not nice change of pace, uh, depending on how how rambly we get compared to a when less we're focused alone. change of pace. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so that's everything. Um, with and then of course acknowledging everything that's been going on in the real world. Um, just wanting to reemphasize people staying safe. If you are going to ever um, participate in a protest that's going on. A never sign any uh, any um, petition uh, petitions when yeah. you're there, don't and sign, then don't also... put your contact information at all on it. Never yes. write your contact information down. If somebody who you do not know asks your your um, any of your information, do not give it to them. And also, and this one's tricky just because having your phone is so important for for safety as well, but. They are now able to, um, I forget the actual name, but there's a specific device that police are able to use now where it will, even if your phone's off, it'll still be able to ping off of your SIM card to the nearest signal tower. So they'll still be able to track uh, who has been there in case it is a situation where they are able to legally uh, arrest you. So Mm -hmm. just keep that in mind. Um, And... We are, in that vein, we are not condoning anything or saying that one should do things. We are just saying what maybe you shouldn't do. Um, And everyone just stay safe, please. Stay healthy. Um, And yeah, we hope to have you join us next time.